This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The, the, the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads. From the eye of the sky. This is Seattle Overload. Seattle Overload. With your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Let's go. Welcome to the Seattle Overload podcast, where unfortunately the Seattle Seahawks have lost on the road to the Los Angeles Rams. They lost 17-16 in a close game. They're now 6-4 and four on the season. The San Francisco 49ers won their game, so Seattle's now a second place in the NFC West. Geno Smith, the big news was Geno Smith got injured on a, well, it wasn't a sack, just a quarterback hit from Aaron Donald. He missed a few drives. He then came back into the game for the last drive. He marched the offense down the field on a 13-yard completion to Tyler Lockett, a two-yard completion to Zach Charbonnet, and then a 21-yard completion to DK Metcalf. We can talk about the end-of-game sequence, but it it set up a 55-yard Jason Myers field goal, which looked so good that it wasn't good. It, It was very far to the right after the broadcast showed Myers had been living, missing to his left in the warm-up so that was unfortunate and Seattle lost a gut wrencher the good news uh, from a Seattle perspective is the Geno Smith injury doesn't appear to be anything more serious than a, a contusion that's what uh, pro football doc uh, tweeted from his live analysis that it wasn't like a Brock Purdy style baseball style injury like a, you know a UCL or, or those ligaments just a contusion he reckoned and then Pete Carroll afterwards he mentions how it's a bruise to the back of his tricep elbow uh, kind of area. And the fact that he was able to go in, the ball was fluttering on each of those three throws I mentioned. But Gino said afterwards in his press conference that it's just a pain management issue. So doesn't look like Seattle's lost their franchise quarterback for the season or anything bad like that. But playing Thursday night against the 49ers in that massive game, it's a... Yeah, it's it's certainly a concern in the short term. Ty, where do we begin with this one? Uh, this was an incredibly stupid football game, an incredibly scary football game because of the uh, the Geno stuff, and the and the result of this game is kind of secondary to the to the thoughts on Geno and the the concern around Geno. Um. You know, fortunately, it seems like it's nothing too major. Seems like it's just a bruise, but we'll see. You know what happens if there's any swelling. Once the swelling go- uh, goes down, if that reveals anything else, but uh, you know, he seemed more or less fine on the on the last drive of the game. He had a couple of really nice throws to to lock it and and DK. Um, we can talk a little bit about you know what happened after the throw to DK uh, a little later on. Um, but yeah, just you know, really disappointing. You know, they 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 were up what thirteen to nothing at, at one point in this game, and sixteen yep. to seven at another point in this game going into the fourth quarter. They're not able to hang on against a team that they should beat. You know, six, seven, maybe even eight times out of ten uh, this year with just the way that those two rosters are constructed. But you know, I, I think it's maybe it's an oversimplification, oversimplification, but. I, I feel like at least some of their inability to close this one out it can be attributed to the to the Geno injury and, and not having Geno there. And and if Geno is able to play the, the rest of the game fully, uh, maybe they win that game. But that's resulting, and at the end of the day, they lost. So, you know, just kind of have to deal with the reality of that. And, uh, you know, all eyes on, on how Geno's arm uh, progresses, you know, over the next few days with the quick turnaround on Thursday. Uh, but, 
but yeah, just uh, really bummed. Really bummed. <laughs> that is the main takeaway. Uh, let's get a bit more analytical with it. I, I want to sort yeah. of dive into your thoughts on the offense, but the the end of game sequence, uh, Smith able to re-enter the game as I spoke about, and he he spent two drives out. The drives were so fast and the Rams drives were so long that it kind of confuses me. But I believe right. it was... They also flipped fields at one point because of the quarter change. So Right, and I can't find the, the, the drive where... It was either two or three. Yeah. It was two or three. Yeah, We'll be a bit more prepared in the future. Sorry, chat. But yeah, it might have been like two and a half or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Because of the, because um, he came in on what second down, after Gino got hurt, third down, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh yeah. So, so, so yeah, the the fact that he was able to come back in and and lead the team down the field is really exciting. Now, another thing which came out of that post game press conference is that on the final sequence, Gino said there was a malfunction in his helmet. Helmet. So after he'd hit that catch to DK Metcalf which uh, was a 21-yard pass over the middle, which took Seattle down to the Rams' 39-yard line. He couldn't hear uh, the play call after DK's catch, and that would have been first and 10 at at LA's 39. There was a round, let me just double-check on this, there was a round when they got down there about 27-ish seconds when everyone got set, 26-ish seconds remaining. And I think Ty... You know, the fact that Gino lines them up, he said he just called the quickest play he could. They they run a run play up the middle. You know, that could have got yardage, but the in with hindsight and with the fact that, you know, the run play only got two yards, I mean, it could have popped yeah. for a, a bigger game, right? But with hindsight, you spike the ball immediately. You then yeah. can still, you have an extra, you know, you still have another down basically to run the ball if you really want to and then spike the ball. Or you can drive, they were playing massive off coverage and, an out throw from with Gino's arm being fluttery, you have to really drive that in there. It probably gets picked, to be honest. But you could have tried a little hitch or just a, a smoke throw with them playing so far off. Maybe gets there even to the slot. They're so far off. But uh, Ty, are you gonna criticize Gino for that? Do you have any thoughts on how that was managed? Well, yeah. If if there's a malfunction in the helmet, I would like to see him then call for a spike rather than try to call the. Uh you know, the shortest length and verbiage play that he can think of uh, to, to save time. I think that's a that's a bit of a pickup on his part. Because um, when you spike it, you can kind of re- reset, reassess, and maybe that malfunction in the helmet will work itself out uh, before the next play. Um, because you're not, you're not going to use all three downs in that situation. Uh, so it's it's fine to spike the ball in that situation. So yeah, I think that was a, a, a mental mistake on Gino's part. Um, do I think that that's actually the reason that they lost? Who knows, right? Maybe the extra couple of yards allows Myers to hit a better field goal. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, you know, I just uh, Gino in that situation didn't give his team the best path to succeed i think that's the best way to put it and um yeah i i think you know criticism on that front is is fair uh but overall i mean the fact that he was able even able to lead them down the field in that situation after you know the injury that he had suffered uh is pretty impressive still uh, and i don't think yeah. that the uh the poor into the drive uh necessarily should uh overshadow that because that was uh again very impressive yeah, and you know, ultimately, if they make the field goal, we're probably not talking about that. Remember, Jason Myers did make a fifty-four yarder earlier in the game. Yeah, yeah. And if the run pops, we're not talking about it at all. But yeah, it, it it's that kind of thing of, although he's thirty-three years old and he's been in the league so often, he probably hasn't been in that precise moment ever in a live game where they have no timeouts. It's you know, w- w- at what point do you spike the ball? Etc. Mm. Etc. But very unfortunate that the the helmet malfunction kind of completed a a funky weird game. Now yeah. the the offense started the game super hot tie. They yeah. had a marvelous one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen play touchdown drive to DK Metcalf opening drive. 
without an explosive after Jackson Smith and Jigba's uh, downfield catch got overturned. That everything looked great from there, didn't it, Ty? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, this game went in a very similar way to the to the Bengals game, in which you know they they open up first offensive drive of the game, they look great, they look unstoppable, uh, and then they become lethargic over the course of the game. Now, obviously, there weren't you know the red zone issues or anything like that. Like the way that it all kind of came together was a bit different, but you know, than the, than the Cincinnati game, but the way that they came out hot and then just kind of started walking, you know, running in place for the next couple of quarters. It's just the, the continuing trend that we've seen out of this offense week in, mm. week out over the course of the season. Uh, so that's disappointing. Um, and obviously, you know, uh, Kim Walker gets hurt, uh, oblique strain. Um, and it seems like it might be pretty serious because Pete Carroll used the the word legit when describing it. Yep. So that's, yeah. So, uh, you know, that obviously has a, you know, an impact on, on your run game personnel. And, you know, I thought Charbonnet had a fine game and they were able to, you know, do some nice things with the run game with Charbonnet today. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I think, you know, really it's, it's hard to assess this offense because again, they lost their quarterback for, you know, three high leverage drives or two high leverage drives, however many it was. So, um, but you know, uh, up to that point, pretty disappointing after the first big drive. Yeah. And for me, like, again, we don't have the tape, but I felt Geno Smith, uh, you know, we've criticized him in the past, like with the, the, the Bengals game, he maybe tried to make two plays happen, which weren't quite there was maybe not accurate on a throw to Jackson uh, Smith and Jigbo against the Bengals, which resulted in the pick, but he shouldn't have thrown that ball anyway. But in this game, it was kind of the offense melting down around him. Now, there was that sideline fade shot to DK Metcalf where Metcalf looked open. He seemed to slow down. Gino threw it a bit long. Uh, the broadcast mentioned that Gino missed him. Well, that, you know, he clearly expected DK to keep running underneath that. So mm. and kind of another thing of receivers not quite being on the same page. But apart from that, like the, the, the you know, the penalties that we've seen crept in, uh, yep. Let me just find the, the the drive chart. So that second drive of the game, Fant has a three-yard false start, uh, which half the distance to the goal line, which I was like, at the time, I was like, that is so dangerous because they really backed up after the defense had turned mm. the Rams over on fourth and goal. Then uh, Jake Bobo has an illegal shift penalty, um, which was on second and... I think... Second I think and that was ten. On... Yeah, second and ten, so maybe six, second and fifteen. Then uh, delay of game, which is that on Gino possibly, but also play caller has to get the thing in. They were trying lots of different motions. You, we don't yep. know the exact details, but that's another five yards. So second and twenty, not a winning formula in the NFL, especially in that yep. kind of mid red zone situation. And then uh, Charbonnet uh, had a two yard play on a screen, I think, and then they settled for the. Uh, and then they uh, run Charbonnet for two yards. Oh, no, it's a two-yard loss to Charbonnet. So anyway, uh, I think maybe a okay. check down. And then third drive, minus six um, on a Charbonnet toss play, which was second down. Mm. Second and five, oh, yeah, I yeah. think. Yep, yep. Brought up third and ten. Then that's, that's never going to be a winning formula. In the mid-red zone, uh, the... Uh, Los Angeles 11 kind of third and 10 is probably the worst down and distance you can be in um, my the intentional grounding 14 yards on Gino but really there was nowhere to go with the football and a, a lot of the times when they showed those routes that they were kind of blanketed downfield especially in the obvious passing downs and distances which is something I want to talk about as well the uh, drive five was I don't know what happened there I don't know why I can't see that more Anyway, the point is the the offense just melted down, and and even on the play, Gino gets hit on tie. Like, should that have been rough in the past? Probably. Like with the penalties, yep. which is another topic we can talk about. He gets hit in the the face and the helmet, but the yep. the pass yep. pro just and it's Aaron Donald, right? But why are you? Yeah. I mean, I guess this kind of leads into the play calling, but yeah there i i think it's play calling i, I think it's also continu uh, continuity issues up front you know talked about the injuries and how that's impacted the line and had a trickle down effect on the rest of the offense um so i don't think we you know really need to rehash that 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, again, it's like we can just talk and talk and talk about it, but it's kind of just the same stuff, different week uh, that's been happening with this offense and the lulls that they've been finding themselves in. And, you know, it's just, it's like, I don't know how much blame goes on play caller. I don't know how much blame goes on, on Gino. I don't know how much blame goes on the offensive line. You know, it's everyone is contributing to the issue. I'm sure to, you know, varying degrees, but I know that you have some thoughts on Waldron in particular. Uh, I don't know if you wanted to get into that a little bit. Yes. Yeah, so I, I think what's showing up is teams really kind of expect them to pass in certain situations. Now on the season, Seattle is passing over expected. So th- their pass frequency is higher than expected in every single down and distance other than second and one to two where they're 18 percent less and second and three to seven now where that shows up for me especially is third and one to two they are passing 12 percent more than expected um and third and three plus four percent more than expected that that third down has been a big issue and you know part of that is you you're in non-manageable third downs as well that that's definitely part of it but also you know in this game it just seems and again it's a bit too anecdotal but in this game the rams were kind of teeing off and and dino was exposed in a way that it was very clear that they're passing the rat and and you know it also exposes the offensive line exposes everyone on the field and they started so promisingly on third down. They finished five for 15. I don't really know if third down was precisely the issue this game. I think it was more <laughs> like basically the even like the gunplay action. It wasn't really obviously going to threaten run. They they didn't they definitely didn't believe it. Um, so ultimately, there's like a lot of issues we can talk around without. Uh, and, and it is a bit anecdotal, meaning, you know, we, we're not using tape examples. We're not. We don't have the data yet on on those things other than the pass over expected stuff. But I think, you know, we've been talking about similar stuff all season. And I think Gino has played about as I maintain from what we've seen on tape and stuff. Gino's made mistakes, right? Uh, But I Mm -hmm. don't know how much better most quarterbacks would be in in the same situation. Meaning, along with what we saw today, I think, you know, and I like to make it, I'm kind of biased towards coaches because there's so much we don't know. There's so much um, they know that we don't know as well. And, and you know, I empathize with the situations they're in. But, you know, who who else are you going to put the blame on other than the offensive coordinator who's who's calling very similar stuff each each game? And the right. the head coach also, uh, you know, he, he oversees everything. He is also accountable for that. And the buck right. does stop with him. I mean, field goals, the, the SB Nation account, they tweeted out that prior to the final drive, the Seahawks threw it 18 times to just five runs in the second half with a lead. And that was also when Drew Locke was in the game as well. Right, now, yeah. As, as Pete Cowell said, you need first downs, but he, it, the the mixed messaging from this offense as well, like in the week, he's saying, yeah, I'm working on getting our run, get, getting the run in a bit more, working on how pass heavy we are and stuff. And then you don't see it. So, and, and I also think yeah. the kind of, sometimes disjointed nature of the offense it's not just Shane Waldron trying to uh set up plays or kind of high tendencies or, or change tendencies or or kind of plan ahead on on, on weeks I think also it, it could just be a case of you know Pete Carroll suggesting certain things and then Waldron is is has his own kind of uh instincts on things and it kind of gets blended in but that's a lot of kind of theories but ultimately Ty I, I believe that you know Waldron as, as an OC it's got to be it's, it's like it's not we, we've this isn't new as, as you said right it, it and it doesn't seem like it's a like the play calling is reflective of the circumstances the seahawks find themselves in particularly with the offensive line stuff and and you know more longer developing routes stuff like that that's exposing gino more and it seems like there's obviously you know you've talked about this a little bit over the last couple of weeks that uh seems like there's some miscommunication in the routes and just in the receiving room in general. Uh, and it just seems like there's there's a lot of dysfunction right now offensively. And like they're able to come together for little bits and pieces of games, like the first drive in this game, 
like in the last drive of of today as well but the the picture as a whole is is a scrambled mess really and and it's just it, it's hard to see why other than you know the the most common denominator which is Waldron which is the offensive coordinator which is you know and and also the direction of Pete Carroll as well and um just the trickle down effect that that has on the player personnel so um yeah i don't you know we can speculate all we want you know we're not there we're not in the building so we don't know for sure kind of what the miscommunication is or 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 what to what degree the miscommunication is and and what the rift essentially is here between coach and or coaches and players uh but something's going on here because it's just it's not it's not getting fixed and they're doing a lot of the same stuff so it doesn't even seem like they're really trying to fix it it seems like they're just kind of like they're trying to fix it by just doing it again and again and again and just we're gonna fix it by having it work eventually but like yeah we're 11 weeks in now 10 games in like so week 11 so just for today right seattle's mm-hmm. past frequency over expected in third and one and two now i don't know how many of those it's a very small sample size i imagine mm-hmm. i i should find a way to look up the sample size but anyway 23 percent uh and in second and one and two 72 percent passing frequency over the expected rate so i mean that's pretty nuts like in short yardage you yeah. can it's okay to run the ball <laughs> yeah yeah especially when the run game again like how often have we said this uh, it seemed to have some some stuff going. That said, Charbonnet yeah. did finish six of twenty two for three point seven yards per carry, which isn't as much as I thought. But uh, yeah, but I mean, they 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 have been able to find success. I, I think it's really like the sequencing of the run calls. It uh, feels you know, so disjointed, doesn't we, it? And... We've seen a lot of like second and six plus runs. Yeah, which is like, it's like, okay, well, this is a tendency breaker that you don't expect. This is to keep you honest. Yeah. It's like, oh, great, great. But also, it's okay in the, the short yard. But when, that, but, when that's, more... but when that's also compounded with these long stretches of throwing it on first, second, third, like, it just, right. it just kind of, it doesn't feel like there's actually, like, a concise plan here. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, so th- that's that's kind of what we can say about the offense without looking at the tape. I would say that the the you know at times the execution has been really poor, but ultimately if the execution keeps being poor, that does fall on coaches as well, especially if it keeps happening. But like right. on tape, like the past week, the stalling is kind of execution based. More like the plays are kind of you, you can see the the, the the there's a logic behind them, but today that they, they they had such a good position. That Rams defense is not good, like by the advanced metrics, but like total points, EPA, that Rams defense is like uh, 25 to 32 defending the run and like middle tier versus the pass. So it's not, and, and it's just weird that Seattle had to settle for, you know, after the touchdown had to settle for three field goals and even the penalties that falls to to them shooting themselves in the foot as well. Yeah, because it's uh, it's not a it's not a talent issue. We keep on saying this every single that, week. It's yeah, not a talent yeah. issue. Like they they should be better than this. There's no excuse for them not to be better, and and I would yeah, even say significantly better than because you can point to been. injuries, right? But this offensive line is now as healthy as it probably is going to be. We'll have to see if Abraham Lucas can make his way back, maybe possibly on Thursday. But you know, Jason Peters has been playing well and. Right. Uh, the interior defensive line is what it is. I think more it's more about and and they've been healthy for a bit now. That kind of four of the five have like right. one or two games, right? They right. they sh- they should be on the same page by by this point. I, I think it's more about helping the O line as well. Like, well, and 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 talking about the talent, I feel like they're dynamic enough in their talent to adapt and still right. find success in other ways. We spoke we spoke before the season about how. You know, Jackson Smith and Jigba would be that kind of third receiving target that they need. Jake Bobo's emerged as an exciting type of player, as as a guy who can kind of do a bit of everything despite, you know, having also a big six foot four frame. 
the tight ends and the multiple tight end usage seemed pretty good um, th- yeah. today, especially on those opening <laughs> that opening drive. I definitely noticed it. Uh, where it kind of got them favorable looks to attack. Have to see if that continues during the game. I- I'm sure it did. I don't think I remember there was a play where they tried to throw it uh, like a throwback play to Noah Fan or- off play action where the Rams just didn't buy it at all because yeah. it was 13 personnel in a- in a look which didn't really. It was like so obviously trying to sell run that it, it wasn't, but it was like two downfield routes. Uh, it just didn't work. Yeah, I don't. I but that's. The, I think that's a good point. We we thought the offense had a, basically all the talent to avoid the regression of last year and the reasons for the regression. And what if it was just like you know Gino ain't ain't it or Gino is playing really poorly? I, that would be an easier explanation. But to me. Rather than like just bashing the, the 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 quarterback, especially in a game like this where it's like you can't you can't uh, yeah. like reasonably bl- put much of that on Gino at all. To me, it's more interesting to look at like well, actually, what is going on here? Because it 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 kind of defies what we what we thought a lot of people's preseason expectations. Yeah, yeah, we could simplify it and be like, oh, it's Gino's fault. All right, that's the end of the show. Goodbye. You know, but like that's not like. That's not how it works, right? There's, I mean, sometimes, sometimes quarterback play is just so bad. Like, yeah, that's just what it is. But like, uh, in this particular instance, there's a lot of context. There's a lot that's going on into the uh, to the Seahawks struggles, and some of which, like, we don't even know, right? We don't know exactly what's going on there, and, and you know who shares the the biggest slices of blame here. Um, because everyone's, you know, again, like I said earlier, like everyone's kind of contributing to it a little bit, um, or to varying degrees. So, um, they yeah, just, you know, I just don't get how in close games, the offense became, it felt so out of balance. Well, yeah, especially like, when, Drew, and, and so it's when, the, it when started feeling in, pretty balanced. <laughs> and when, well, and when Drew was in the game and he, they were asking Drew to protect the lead that. I think it was the, his first full drive where yeah, they had well, him roll out. There was the tip pass. Well, I get like, the uh, the boot's fine. Like, it's, it's off of run action. Like, it's it's all... Yeah, you know. but, but again, with the, the inconsistencies on the run calling, it feels like it's not, like, earned. But right. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. It just... It's confusing, man. It's confusing. Uh, these issues are really confusing yeah and uh, if i'm able to attend the press conference tomorrow a good question would be you know how similar are the reasons for the the offensive struggles to the start of the year because (laughs) they look pretty similar to me like i don't you know obviously they got healthier on the o-line but it looks recurring i'd say i don't think there was much new here it'll be interesting to see what the tape shows well, that that's kind of the offense, which is, is depressing. <laughs> if we look at the, I guess the next subject tie should be penalties because this yeah. game, oh my god, the officials came to play. So the Rams had nine penalties for ninety-two total yards. The Seahawks had twelve penalties for a hundred and thirty total yards, particularly costly ones like. Devon Witherspoon throwing down a Rams defender on third and something. Was it third and something? I don't think it was third. I think it was like might have been first and ten actually. Been extended the drive. Um, the big one was it turned a negative play into uh you know fifteen yards or whatever it was. Right, right. Yeah, it was a negative play. Uh, the big one was Reek Woolen. Hand to the face, correct call, but he looked surprised at how fast the receiver came off the line of scrimmage. Uh, I think he was in a cover two, so he's trying to get underneath, uh, trying to reroute and get underneath the receiver in, in trail position, but he was a bit slow out. Maybe his eyes were uh, just caught in the wrong place or the timing of the play surprised him, but not the first time he's had a hands to the face penalty. But if you're late, you're you're kind of really trying to recover, so that that's part of it but unfortunate because it happened on third and 15 the ball was thrown in the other direction and seattle got off the well they didn't get off the field but they would have got off the field if that hadn't happened so mm-hmm. not yep. great uh there was the 
was the roughing the pass a penalty on Devon Witherspoon? Because I know there's been some discussion that it was Quandre Diggs who was flagged for it, but it just seemed like tripped feet and then Nakua kind of fell over, like flopped, sold it. Oh, on yeah. Third and goal. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was. Uh, that, that one that, I thought was just a crap penalty. That, that's just a terrible. Nonsense. That was a that was a terrible call. That was a terrible call. Um, yeah, yeah. No, Nakua. Uh, like, you can see Witherspoon pull his jersey slightly right before he runs past Diggs and trips. Yeah, but that's not DPI on on digs there's nothing he can do about that he's not even playing the receiver in that situation so you can't call DPI on digs and i don't think witherspoon committed enough of a foul there to warrant a penalty with the little tug on the jersey and again that's not what they called it for that's not when the flag came out the flag came out because nakua fell and there's nothing i don't even think they made contact. I don't think he even like put his hand on him in general after they passed by Diggs. No, so... he just he just got his feet tangled. But like I don't also like in that situation, Spoon would never want to commit like no one wants to commit offensive pass interference, but from a logical standpoint, he has vision on the quarterback mm-hmm. and can see that the ball is overthrown. He is not. He's he's not trying to. He's not even yeah. trying to touch the receiver by that point. He just yeah. tripped over his. The their feet got tangled. So, yeah. Um, yeah. The 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 officials came to play. I don't think that was the one penalty I thought was uh, was poor. Like I th- I yeah. really don't think that should have been called. I think the rest. Uh, well, the spoon the spoon lifting the guy up and and putting him in the turf like. In the moment that happened, they were fine not to throw a flag. Then the Rams mm. react, the crowd reacts, and then they throw the flag. Well, yep. you cannot let that influence you. You have to be logical because he already has him and the runner is straining. And as we saw later, the Rams were with, with the whistle. I mean, it's how they were calling the games. So fine. They were allowed to push the pile and then the whistle would be blown. Just, you know, and, and push the pile a tiny bit longer with the whistle. Just because you throw someone, he didn't throw him on his head, he threw him on his back. The runner should yeah. strain l- l- longer than a whistle. It just didn't match the rest of the intensity of the game or the game after that point, and it felt more kind of home crowd, uh, home team influenced. And I-, I felt that was pretty ticky-tacky and yeah. and-, and poor. Yeah. Uh, it-, it was just... And, and you know, con- contrasting to last week where there was not many penalties at all, the, the, it just disrupt. It completely ruins the flow of a of a game. Even if it's by letter of the law correct, it's just it's just insane. Yeah, no, it was. It's like I said earlier. Like it's bad football, and that's a lot of it because of the the officiating. Um, and it's not like were they bad calls. Most of it, at least for me, it's not really a, a matter of that. It's just so many of them, the quantity of the calls, and some of the calls that are like. Okay, sure, those are fouls, but those get let go on you know in other instances. So it's yeah. Kerry makes a great point, actually. Thank you, Kerry. The defensive pass interference in the end zone should be reviewable. Camden it mentioning should. that Woolen's DPI was bull. Yeah, I forgot about that one. He's playing press on a fade, and the ball is yeah. massively overthrown, like out of the out of bounds. It absolutely. It's just nonsense, and yeah. and they just weren't interested in stuff like that either. Even the even the uh, the the spoon uh, play that was kind of n- not a catchable ball either. But no. yeah, the, the 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 and the spoon one set up the the first touchdown drive for the Rams in the second quarter. So and not the spoon one, sorry, the woolen one. The woolen one. Yeah. So just yeah, yeah. I I, I knew that there was a, another egregious one, and then the fact tie that. Aaron Donald on a kind of similar play to how Russell Wilson got hurt against the Rams. But he's entitled to jump up for the pass, right? But as yep. we've seen with Boye Mafe, when you jump up yep. for the pass, you are rising and your hand will rise and you can contact the head and neck area of the quarterback. He contacted yep. the head and neck area of Geno Smith from yep. the end zone angle, from the side angle. You got We got like three different angles of him hitting. That's roughing the passer, but yeah. it, that, yeah. the refs decided not to 
just throw a flag on that one. Yeah. So. Should, should that be a penalty? No, in in the general sense, but uh, in, in like in terms of the spirit of the way that 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 call is made, that absolutely well, should have been I think I think it's more much more dangerous than what Mafe did. Yeah. Because no, 100%. ultimately, Gino kind of lands awkwardly because his whole face has been smacked backwards. Yeah. Yeah. It's so like it's... upper body. Yeah, so it's a you know it's a dangerous play, and um, I just I don't really see how that doesn't get called in that situation. But also, you know, it's Aaron Donald, right? So does that have an effect on it? Maybe I don't know. Um, but I mean, you know, Gino got pretty messed up on that play, and we usually see whenever quarterbacks take a significant hit like that, usually flags come out because. You know, ultimately, the quarterback's the product at the end of the day. That's what the NFL wants to protect the most, at least in theory. But in that situation, they, um, again, a lot of inconsistency in terms of like the things that are typically called, not getting called, and things that are like can go either way, just getting called a lot today. Just a weird game from the officials. Like, I don't, you know, I don't like focusing solely on, on officiating, you know, after a loss. Because uh, I think there's a lot of lot more context that goes into losses than that, but um, I think there were some questionable calls, and and they definitely had a you know, pretty big impact on on what happened today. Yeah, unfortunate. And Seattle held the Rams' run game to about three point nine yards per carry, uh, four yards per carry, that sort of thing. Yeah. And I think the defense played okay. They just got tired. The, the offense was so poor, especially yeah. in that second half. I mean, if you look at the stats, in the first half, Seattle was 4 of 7 on third down. So above that 57% mark they want to be. In the second half, they were 1 for 8 on third down. Yeah. Think how, yeah. how many of those third downs were with Drew Locke in the game. Uh, and then think how many of those third downs were... The third down they picked up was at the end, wasn't it? Was it? Maybe not. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Yeah, the, the Gino pass to DK, I think, was on third down. Yeah. The, no, it wouldn't, like, it wouldn't have been, actually. No, I'm wrong. It was somewhere. Well, but essentially, they, they collapsed on third down in the second half, and there's a lot of stuff going on with that. Which, which, which third? The, the, the last third of DK? Like, on the last drive? I thought that was on third down. Pretty sure that was, I, yeah, because that was after the Charbonnet reveal. Oh yeah, second and eight, yeah. Yeah, it was second and eight on the Charbonnet catch. Or yeah, yeah, you're right. Or, or like a, no, it became third and eight. Of whatever, anyway, I'm confusing yeah. myself. But it was third down. It was third down on the DK. Okay. Catch. Yeah, so I guess the. Other injury news is that Jarek Reed, who'd been a bit of a special team star, was second in the league in special teams tackles. He hurt his knees, and they need to see how that is. Hopefully, he's okay. He's yep. been a really kind of unsung hero. Yep. Uh, other injury news we, we've dealt with Walker, uh, we've dealt with Geno Smith. Uh, they didn't ask about Jaron Reed, but I know he returned to the game. Mm. Yeah. Anything else, chat, that you want us to talk about? The the other thing with the... Yeah. I'm kind of lost, Ty. I don't know what else to say. That's kind of it. The, the good news is they don't have to play the Rams again unless they... Uh, unless they... Um... <laughs> I didn't see that. Um, <laughs> yeah, they don't have to play the Rams again unless somehow they get in the wild card round. The, the other positive news is that... The the Seahawks are in wildcard contention. The NFC is bad. Um, yeah. And the Seahawks are 6-4. and four. They still have a winning record. They're currently the 7th seed. There we go. Uh, and, we go. and they do control their destiny. Now, it's got to be now or never. And right. the... the <laughs> you know, the, the 49ers game on Thursday Night Football is massive. Jamal right. Adams obviously didn't play in this game, which we didn't talk about. He's been yeah. dealing with a sore knee. He was uh, said it was biting towards the end of uh, the Week 10 game at home to the Washington Commanders. 
He said he was grateful that game didn't go to overtime. He was really hoping it didn't. He then missed practice on Wednesday. He was a limited participant on Thursday and then missed practice on Friday. So, you know, they they missed the strong safety slash nickel in their defense, but hopefully he'll be able to play on Thursday because they kind of need they kind of need his dynamic presence along with with a spoon. Uh, yeah. uh, OG3 asked, was the pass rush not great? I, I felt, you know, they probably did about as well as they can. McVeigh got in his bag and they had enough plays. Now, Stafford only passed 123 passing yards, uh, 10 completions on 19 attempts. So he, he that's the second half. He had 190 yards, 17 of 31. So he didn't do much, really. Uh, they just had enough yeah. plays. But w- when you're booting, you're rolling, you're, you're chipping, you're, you're keeping tight ends in, you're, you're, you're moving the pocket, the pass rush is going to find it more difficult. But I felt the pass rush did pretty damn well, to be honest. They moved him off his spot enough. Yeah. Mafe had a good game. Uh, uh, Leonard Williams flashed again. Make sure you check my video on him yeah. if you want some optimism. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, th- I thought Leo had a really good game. I thought um, Boya had another good game. Um, you know, I think you see, you know, what kind of difference going from like the week one matchup to to today. You know, the difference that Devin Witherspoon makes and and having him against this uh, against this Rams offense. Uh, they definitely had a you know a better uh, game plan and obviously better execution against Stafford than in week one. The uh, so, the Rams so, to that point, Ty. The Rams went two for nine on third down, thirty three percent. They're twenty two percent. Sorry. Yeah. No. So there's there's a lot of things to like hang your hat on here, and I mean. Really, the biggest way that the the Rams were able to move the ball, penalties. Yeah, including Ty, even on like that missed opportunity where Seattle jumped off sides and and yeah. you know they missed Cooper Cup. He he kind of dropped it. Stafford kind of missed it. Where you know Seattle was, I think, playing cover two on that side, and they're just late getting underneath the route because they're whoa, the ball's been snapped. We jumped off sides. They didn't expect the ball to come right. out. Uh, right there, there was also the wheel route that uh, Stafford missed. Yeah, and I, I kind of so in that sense, you could say like the defense actually got away with a few things, but yeah. and yes, they did. But I think it's important to look at why those happened. Well, the offsides thing I just talked about, but the, 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 the wheel route I kind of read as Spoon was kind of trying to bait the the throw to the shallow and and thought it was going there. Stafford probably gave him the eyes, but. With Stafford giving the eyes, he's going to be more inaccurate to the wheel route, which I believe was Spoon's responsibility. And so, because he's kind of late to it, that's kind of how he also misses it. Uh, right. So, you you kind of have to acknowledge what was going on there. But yeah, that that was definitely a missed opportunity for the Rams. But yeah, I mean, how many penalties did they have by first down? It would be, or how many first downs? Sorry, did they have by uh, penalties? I, I wish I had something that would tell me that, but. It, yeah, the, the the penalties was a key thing on defense. And tellingly, that was the first thing that... They had five first downs from penalties. Tellingly, that was the first thing that Pete Carroll highlighted. Uh, you yeah. know, And he got that big stat sheet. That he, well, not it's not that big. It's like a little small... A... A6? A A5? I don't know how A, how a size you get on paper. It was small, uh, as usual. Sure. But, uh, you know, on his big stat sheet, the penalties would have shown up as, as preventable. And also, it's frustrating when, you know, there's at least two, which we've talked about and he'll have been thinking about as well, where you're like, that's not really correct. Um, yeah. Kerry asks, what games are the Seahawks winning in the next four? I'm banking on beating Dallas. Well, Dallas is certainly winnable, isn't it? Now, that may sound deluded, but I think the defense matches up well with their offense, famous last words, but schematically, uh, also personnel-wise, I think what they're doing on defense does match up well with, with how Dallas plays. Now, honestly, with with not just that game, but the rest of the, the Seahawks' schedule tie, it's kind mm. of now or never. Like, how, yeah. how good a team are you? Like, immediately, they have the San Francisco 49ers on Thursday, as I talked about. And then it just gets tougher. The Dallas Cowboys uh, on another Thursday night game. Then 49ers yep. um, on the road. And then the Eagles at home. So yeah. do you want to be good or not? Because you made a yeah. Rams team who weren't very good. You let them back into the game. and Yeah, yeah. And again, you know, part of that is obviously the Geno injury. But, you know, you also have to wonder, like, is Geno going to be limited and what he can do? I mean, he didn't look that way. Um, you know, in the last drive, like he well, was... the ball was fluttering. Was it? 
fluttering oh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. Wasn't oh, yeah. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, oh. yeah, it's wobbly, yeah. Oh, no. Because the broadcast was like, hey, he looks fine. I was like, um, that curved throw to lock it took, like, a mm. while. Okay. And then the next yeah. throw was like... <laughs> I just I just saw it live and from that angle it looked fine to me but yeah so so yeah if there if there is an issue there like how how limited is he uh how is that going to impact and again talking about Waldron and being adaptive and being reflective in his play calling of of the circumstances that he has um you know how are they going to be able to to work around that if Gino isn't able to make all the throws and he isn't able to execute all the concepts so yeah yeah. yeah, it's uh, not Jordan, a great spot to find yourself in. Jordan in the chat says we scheme better when we know we have limitations. There's definitely a, <laughs> an argument for that. Yeah, like it just keeps them focused. I, I, again, that those first two drives in particular, and obviously you know they moved the ball for a while on both of them, so it's quite easy to say. But they felt more balanced and they felt like a real mix between run and pass, uh, multiple tight ends. Need to go back and watch the tape, but it just felt so much more cohesive and and together and 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 coupled and and better sequencing which an opening script should be but then how does it become such a mess and so kind of situationally like unaware like or just that obtuse uh it's just odd now gino was seen rubbing uh twitter was very keen to to point it out he was rubbing a type of cream on his his elbow and it was Mm -hmm. in a tiger balm no free ads tiger balm tin mm. which apparently is for well i know what tiger balm is but i don't i didn't know that they'd embrace that i guess i mean I'll, i guess always what, all they can do always it's compete. like a heat rub right so always compete always compete uh yeah. i would recommend to gino arnica Arnica Montana. Have you ever used Arnica Thai? Uh, no, no. Have, have you? It's really have good. Yeah. No free ads, but when I was no a kid and I used to like run into like a table, mm-hmm. you just put that on your your forehead, and then mm-hmm. the bruise mm-hmm. is fine. There you go. There you go. So, there might have been a there might have been a little um, Toradol action going on in that blue tent. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah, well, I let's not speculate. Uh, right, 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 right. Yeah, uh, pr- pr- probably like yeah, yeah, some yeah. Some, uh, yeah. I, some there was ice. We saw some, an ice some, pack. Some of that good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, so I guess I guess that's it, Ty, and. Mm-hmm. The the offense has had quite a few chances to not do this. You can't yeah. score on every drive. However, the what happened, given the situation as well, and like the the, the context, it is pretty kind of wild. Yeah, and uh, it's not very inspiring, given what's uh, coming up here over the next month. But. Uh... You know, hopefully the the cope here is that you have nothing to lose. But also you uh, can have everything to lose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And well the cope you is should also look like at the... it. You you should look at it like you have nothing to lose. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, oh, what was, what's the, what's the cope here, though, Maddie? Well, I still think Gino's a very good quarterback. Yeah. And yeah, like certainly a top ten quarterback in the league. And I I just don't understand as we've been talking about how the offense can be that poor without. I mean, what we're talking about here is ultimately if if it kind of continues in in the similar ways as well, uh, Shane Waldron will lose his job. Yeah. Um and maybe Gino won't get uh paid because or you know, they, they kinda have a they have some flexibility with his contract, don't they, in the, the remaining two years after this season. 
But yeah, and uh, and that's the other thing. So obviously Drew Lock comes into the game. He tries his best. Bless him. People who are like going now, we've had people who are like, Drew Lock is the answer. He's the future. Why don't we see what he has compared to Gino? And that right. is pretty ridiculous. But also, he's taken none of the starter reps. Like, you can't really judge him on, on what happened when the first play gets tipped. And, you know, if that was Gino, it would get tipped. And you'd probably get Gino detractors being really negative about that. But, you know, it's, it, it gets tipped. And then the third and long, Tyler kind of gets pushed and bodied at the catch point. And, you know, Drew probably could have thrown it a bit longer. But if Tyler had flopped, they'd have probably thrown the flag. But it became an arm punt after that guy taunted and did eventually give Seattle a shot to win after their defense eventually got the stop. What I'm saying yeah. is, uh, yeah, Drew looked stinky and he didn't look on the same page as his receivers. The ball, but that you know he's not on the same page as receivers because think of the amount of reps he's had with them compared to Gino, and think of what the details required to win in the NFL. And ultimately, the reason he comes into the Giants game and scores is because it's a broken play to yeah. a guy who he's worked with in Denver for so many years. No fan. This takes yeah. time to to judge. To, to act like this is the Drew Lock, <laughs> this is the game where you're like, yeah, Drew Lock ain't it. No, you can't. <laughs> no, no. Just look at the uh, the preseason against Dallas away. He's not starting. Look at Gino's whole body of work and then just relax. Yeah. But I will say this. I am, all right, I'm obviously not glad this happened given the circumstances of how, of why this happened, but I'm glad this happened. Right. Like if he'd, um, if the worst possible way would have been like he, he, he throws like a miracle ball into like quadruple coverage. It's a it's a bad throw, but it's right. caught and it goes for a touchdown. Yeah, they went on and a hill then and they and then all well and then they like narrowly lose, but because of the defense. Oh sure, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that'd yeah. be messy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oof, that'd be messy. But I I mean I haven't seen anything too bad on Twitter generally. I think everyone's doing well. That might also uh, be because of a certain button. You can uh, you can kind of uh, filter out certain certain tweeters. A, a, a certain owner of a certain website has taken a, you know away a lot of good features, but there's still a couple on there. There's still a couple yeah, stragglers still on there. A banger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's still a couple bangers on there. Yeah. Uh, any anything else for us, chat? We are live, so we can do this all night. Are the Broncos winning? Hopefully not, because if they are. That means the the pick gets a bit less enticing. They're well, losing. I, I, Perfect. I think if I think if they surpass the uh, the Saints, right? We're then or wait, no, yes, no, no. We just need losing. We just need losing. I'm not. It's it's that. yeah 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 yeah. Lose lose uh, lose lose lose. I we should we should talk about. I think Spoon had a really impactful game again. Yep. Like. Yeah, there was that play where he got a bit risky, but he had, it felt like more than one pass deflection, but he also had a quarterback hit, didn't he? He had that sack, which was unbelievable, taking right. his... Uh, what was so impressive to me about that is they're bringing him off the edge and they're slanting the defensive tackle uh, inside a gap to set up the, the pressure path and the outside back inside a gap. So what that means is Spoon has to have the edge of the pocket, but... As Stafford kind of stepped up and the way that the spacing of the pocket played out, Spoon saw the opportunity that his tackle was kind of setting him wide, or it might have been a tight end, probably a tackle though. And so he knew he could take a shot and loop inside and go and get Stafford, and he brought him down. Uh, I mean, that's kind of high-level shot-taking, recognizing the opportunity to make a play that uh, he's been so good at already as a rookie, and, and he kind of is that dom dominating, swallowing player. Um, so... There's a positive for you. Cope. Good cope. Yeah. Good cope. That, and, and then the other thing I, I guess I should probably talk about is a lot of the plays that Sean McVay drew up were, to start off with, they were designed to get Cooper Cup on the side away from uh, the nickel. So on the linebacker like mm -hmm. Jordan Brooks and then have Brooks play like ISO ball with Cooper Cup and then get him on Wagner occasionally. Obviously, then Cooper Cup leaves the game with an ankle injury. And what ended up happening was a lot of kind of deep, uh, well, like deep intermediate, you know, like that 15 to 20 yard yard range where Bobby Wagner's area of the field in, in the different coverages is getting 
hit underneath yeah. where he's getting so much depth or hit just outside in that kind of deep curl area where, you know, I need to watch it back and see who exactly is at fault. But ultimately, it did feel like a big game plan to go after the stuff we spoke about with Wagner and coverage. But that is what it is. You know, he's still he's still playing Mike. He's still playing in six defensive back looks as well. They're not going to change at this point. That's, that's just going to be a thing that you live with. And you also look at the fact that he had 10 tackles today and uh, you did some stuff as a blitz of bull rushing running backs, had one tackle for loss. But cool. Yeah. There's a very, coverage very, thing. Very cool. Very epic. Yeah. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Epic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So epic. Well, <sighs> Ty, I think, I think we've done it. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that game sucked. Um, Two weeks ago, sucked against the Ravens. Uh, but hey, there's seven games left, and hey, if uh, you know there's any time to to do some cool stuff, it's now. So do the cool stuff, Seahawks. Starting Thursday, you could do something really cool. Yeah. So how would that work if they beat the 49ers? Would they still be behind because they've lost twice to the the Rams and the 49ers have beat? Cardinals doesn't it technically not even matter because it depends on what happens in the second head to head matchup. No, yeah, it but tie right, 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 right. The screenshots, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think is it head, I think basically, C- is it head to head or is it just division? I think the Seahawks would have first place, okay, they won, okay, because I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but thank I think you, it's Jay. We'd be in the lead. Thank you, Jay. Appreciate that. Yeah, there we go. There um, we go. So yeah, yeah Jay, don't screen, don't the, do that. The, Jay, don't don't do that with glue. Yeah, don't don't do that. Don't, don't do, do that. that. The don't. Seattle Overload podcast does not prove of that. Yeah, we're anti-solvent abuse. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh yeah. So the screenshots live. The the screenshots are, are still possible. Um so you know, Gino, get healthy. You can have my elbow if you want it. It's not a great elbow, but it, it'll serve you fine. Annika. Uh, I'm telling you. Annika, yeah. Uh and uh yeah. Go hawk. Singular. Yes indeed. No, not not plural. Just go hawk. Yeah, and on that subject, Ty, you also you don't just do hawk. You you do uh, Seattle Mariners content, and Ty on the Lockdown Mariners podcast has asked people for a Monday mailbag. So make sure you've replied to that tweet and get your questions in on Seattle Mariners, who have signed a really exciting player. They've done taken care of their big business of the off season with. Uh, Luis Urias. So, how did you say that name? <laughs> I I said it. So, and uh, Urias. 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 I said Urias. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Accurate. Accurate. Yeah. Deserving. I, I am deserving of that. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. Yeah. They've done all their heavy lifting. Off season's over, folks that's it so you know ask us uh about our thoughts on on the finality of the uh, mariners 2024 roster let us know um will the mariners finally make the postseason next year uh tune in tomorrow on locked on mariners to find out that's right wow that was very slick it's like you do this for like a living right right i don't yeah. i don't yeah oh. i don't want to yeah want to make that clear I, I i who what idiot would spend their you know entire week each week talking about a, a you know mediocre baseball team in must the off a, season yeah it must be a real stupid person that would do that yeah anyway 
make sure you check out my Leonard Williams video. Tell a friend about it. Let's get it to 10k views. I don't think that's going to happen. But it might if, if you try. Do How do, do you it. know if you don't try? Do so it. thank you everyone for the support on that. That you know, he was still good this game as well, so that's good. Like they have a good player for second round pick, basically. So that's nice. Hopefully they can re-sign him. Uh also, you know, keep an eye on Seahawks on tape.com. It's where I post the podcast, but I've been what like you know, I have ten thousand words on <laughs> on their run defense scheme, which is still good. The problem is it had two bad games against the the, the quarterback run offenses of Cleveland and the Ravens, and it's how do I package that and sell it and is a monster so it's a real monster and i need to kind of work that out and see if i can get that done before the 49ers game or if i want to get it done before the 49ers game if I, hopefully the run defense can be good against the 49ers you, you see my 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 dilemma i we'll do see back... your dilemma thank thank you ty i appreciate that we'll be uh, back i acknowledge on... your dilemma i just dropped my phone we'll be back on tuesday maybe maybe Wednesday. Obviously, we've got to preview the 49ers game. I will see if I can get a tape thing done. Uh, well, yeah. Where I did a new format for the podcast, the tape podcast, where I went solo and just like talked over two key topics. Maybe, as requested from Zachary Stewart, I'd like to see a breakdown of early down offense. Yeah, okay. maybe Zachary. That that could be the time, huh? There we go. We could get that done. And Jay, thank you for the kind comment on the Williams video. This is unacceptable. Wow. Three and eight versus McVeigh. You know, the last season was the first time they'd won in Los Angeles since 2017, Ty. Yeah, I was aware of that. That's a uh, pain. Pain. Yeah, but retire, tomorrow... please. Both Aaron and and McVeigh, please retire. Yeah, yeah. Ban. But will ban. it matter though? I mean, every era of the Seahawks over the last like twenty years has struggled against the Rams. Against the Rams, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. Doesn't, doesn't matter who who the regime is, and in, in Seattle doesn't matter what the regime is, and St. Louis or LA, it's just the same stuff. Tired Have a great Thanksgiving. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Hit it, Maddie. All right. Thank, thank you, everyone. Goodbye. It will be better tomorrow.